You're listening to Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shakib, and this is your host, Mamak Shakib. This episode has to do with honey, which we hear so much about its benefits and how wonderful it is. The question is, which kind of honey is the good honey? We hear about manuka in so many different types of supposed organic honey, and this is exploring the validity of how beneficial it is to have manuka versus other types of honeys, and at the end of the day, how to choose the right type. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please forward them to me via email, drspodcastshow at gmail.com, and I would love for you to get a chance to rate this podcast and this episode. So with no further ado, here is the podcast on honey. All right, let's explore Manuka honey and if it is actually as good as they claim to be. So we know that honey's medicinal value has been known since ancient times. We know that it's used for a lot of different great qualities. The surprising on the list was how it's used over burned areas because it provides a nice sealant to protect the area against bacteria and infection. And uh, so it's, it's, you can ingest it, you can apply it over a skin. It's just a long series of benefits that it has. Honey in general is a mixture of sugars, amino acids, phenolics, and other compounds made from flower nectar and produced by bees. Honey's medicinal properties vary depending on what type of flowering plant it comes from, and more than likely you've heard of manuka honey, which is produced from certain manuka plants, a tree tree of a kind, native to New Zealand and Australia. Manuka honey is known for its purity and high-quality product. But, and here's the big but, glyphosate is most commonly known as the active ingredient in Roundup herbicide, and it's found in about 90 different products. It is the most used herbicide in the world, including in New Zealand. And that's where Manuka comes from. So you guessed it, they have found glyphosate in Manuka honey. So let's explore this a little bit. New Zealand Food Safety has been testing honey samples for agricultural compounds, including insecticides, fungicides, herbicides, and other environmental contaminants for years. But in 2017-18 and 2018-19, they tested honey samples for glyphosate residues, and some of them ended up having glyphosate. According to a National Chemical Residues Program report, January 2020, so just a few months ago, 300 raw extracted archival and retailed packed honey samples were tested for glyphosate in 2017-18, and another 60 
retail-packed Manuka honey samples were tested for the herbicide in 2018-2019. Out of the 300 samples, 22.3% had glyphosate residues. The most of them were in the clover and pasture flora types. Those were pretty much, from what I understand, the ones that are bought the most. About 1.7% of the unblended or unprocessed, that means raw extracted honey samples, contain glyphosate residues at levels above the regulatory limit. It should be zero. So, of course, everything has some degree of it, minus zero just to give it some a little bit of leeway, I guess. So that's heartbreaking to find that. Wonder if the bees are dying because of that too. In 2018-2019 tested samples, 18.3% contained glyphosate, though they were below the supposed minimum. That report stated, based on the reported honey types, the most likely cause of the residues in honey is attributed to unintended exposure of honeybees in glyphosate from its approved use in agriculture. This causal attribution is incomparable with previous international reports as a consequence beekeepers have little practical means of excluding bees from foraging on plants treated with glyphosate. To do so would require the beekeeper to place their hives at the center of 28 square kilometer area where they had assurance from landowners and managers there was no agricultural compound use. So you see 28 square kilometers is a good sized piece of land that the beehives need to be placed assuming they're not going to go beyond that 25 square kilometer to uh, get into glyphosate infested agricultural land but it's not only in agriculture so let's listen up here glyphosate has been detected on a, in a variety of honey samples not just in manuka tested worldwide including that taken directly from 59 beehives on the hawaiian island Kauai, where 27 percent of honey samples with 340 parts per billion levels of contamination 33 percent of the honey samples in the stores in Kauai were contaminated People buy, a lot of times people, when it comes to honey, they actually buy honey because, you know, they think, oh, Hawaii, it's nice and, you know, it's so beautiful and the bees are happy and <laughs> it doesn't work that way. For one, when it comes to honey, you need to, you're better off getting honey from your local area because that's where the pollination is, where the animals, when the, where the bees actually go and um, you know, pick up the pollens from the local trees. So if you have allergies, the best bet is a bee um, or honeys that are from the bees from your local area. Now, being from Orange County, good luck finding 28 square kilometer of land not contaminated with any insecticides. So are they only is um, uh, the question is is uh, glyphosate only in agricultural land and the answer is no 
actually extensive golf courses and highways nearby are heavily spread with herbicides. We all have seen these guys um, on the side of the road spraying the, the, the two sides of the streets or the roads, highways uh, with insecticides. Those are all glyphosate from Monsanto. In 2014, researchers found glyphosate into 45.5% of honey samples labeled organic, while the Canadian Food Inspection Agency found glyphosate in 29.7% of the 3188 food samples tested. In the USA, FDA began a limited testing program for glyphosate in 2016, found high levels of it in oatmeal products and honey, but didn't release the results publicly. Surprise, surprise. Very USA FDA type, isn't it? Investigative journalist Carrie Gillum, or Gillum, I'm not sure, through Freedom of Information Act requests requests uh, from FDA revealed Roundup has been found in virtually all food tested, including granola and crackers. In 2016, Gillum wrote, in the records released by the FDA, one internal email describes trouble locating honey that does not, not contain glyphosate. It is difficult to find blank honey that does not contain residue. I collect about 10 samples of honey in the market, and they all contain glyphosate, states an FDA researcher. Quote closed. This is sad. This is just done on honey, which is a very natural thing. Our food is contaminated all the way. Glyphosate is widespread in the food supply. Environmental Working Group, or EWG, commissioned three rounds of glyphosate testing on cereals and other foods sold by Kellogg, General Mills, and Quaker in 2019 and involving 21 oat-based cereal and snack products. The chemical was found in all 21 products, with all but four of them coming in higher than EWG benchmark for lifetime cancer risk in children, which is 160 parts per billion. 21 minus 4 is 19. And these are cereals which kids eat. I was surprised to see that glyphosate was found in Pediasure and Terrell Formula nutrition drink given to infants and children with feeding tubes. I mean, that's crazy. As I was doing this research, Pediasure, we give it to infants. We give it to sick kids and it has glyphosate. What are we doing? Glyphosate is found in air, rain, municipal water supply, soil sampers, breast milk, urine, organic plant-based protein supplements, and even vaccines, including the pneumococcal Tdap hepatitis B, which, by the way, is given on the first day of birth, influenza and MMR vaccines. 
So this thing is everywhere. And for those of you who think, well, you know, it's just a little bit, it's everywhere. And that's just one product we're scrutinizing today. Chemicals are all over us. So what's the solution? <laughs> the International Agency for Research on Cancer identified glyphosate as a probable human carcinogen in 2015. And in the U.S., about 125,000 claims have been initiated by people who believe exposure to Roundup caused them to develop non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. This whole um, adventure, this whole fight against Monsanto, aka glyphosate, aka herbicide, aka every freaking food that you buy, including what seems to be certified organic, which it's a trick, is been going on forever. And the Basically, the more wealthy the corporation, the longer the fight is going to be and the more expensive the fight's going to be, the more they can afford to extend this fight because they've got the dose to fight it. And in the process, how many people are basically impacted by it? According to Frontiers in Genetics, exposure even in low concentration, that's parts per trillion. Remember, this is parts in bill, per billion. This is parts per trillion may induce cancer in cells when combined with microRNA-182-5P. What the heck is that? That's a gene regulatory molecule found in everyone. And overexpression of the molecule has been linked to cancer. So it's a gene we all have. When this gene, forget about the long name with the numbers, when it's exposed to low concentrations, we're, not, we're talking about parts per trillion, not billion. So out of trillion, how many parts are carrying this glyphosate? When our genes are exposed to it, the, the molecules that we have that carry this gene have been linked to cancer. Michael Antonio of King's College London, who peer-reviewed the study, stated, these observations highlight for the first time a possible biomarker of glyphosate activity at the level of gene expression that could be linked with breast cancer formation. Bioaccumulation of bio, uh, glyphosate has been documented in the kidney. That means a pile of it, basically over time, it just gets accumulated in the kidney. Research uh, published in 2015 found that glyphosate in combination with aluminum synergistically induced pineal gland pathology which in turn was linked to gut dysbiosis. That's basically the imbalance in your microflora, uh, which impacts your immunity. And neurological diseases such as autism, depression, dementia, anxiety disorder, and Parkinson's disease. So the question is, where do we find aluminum? You find aluminum everywhere, including vaccines.
So, Joran van der Sluis, a professor of science and ethics at Norway Bergen University, explains, Glyphosate kills a lot of non-target plants and it leads to an agricultural practice where you have monoculture with no wild plants left in the fields. That's the beauty of the science behind Monsanto. It's a beautiful science. It's just what it creates as a monster. So imagine you're spraying a, a field full of weeds and let's say eggplant as an example, whatever your fruit and vegetable you want to imagine. They spray it, but because the fruit is genetically modified, as an example, this spray kills everything except for the one that's compatible with the herbicide. That's what GMOs are. If it's not GMO, it's sprayed, the product itself, the produce itself is protected somehow, and they basically spray the ground to kill all the weeds, so-called weeds. We know today that a lot of these weeds are what companion agriculture is all about, where you plant a plant or you allow a weed to grow next to a product that you're trying to produce because that plant or that weed will, let's say, attract the bugs that eat the disease bug or parasite that would destroy that product. I have a, um, I have a bunch of citrus fruit trees uh, at our property. And I had noticed one time when I was weeding the weeds around it, I noticed there was this one weed that must have had about 50 uh, ladybugs on it. So ladybugs eat the aphids that ruin the fruit or ruin the new leaves and the blossoms of the fruit tree. This is what companion gardening is. So with Monsanto, with Roundup, when we spray, we take away that, and that's what monoculture, monoculture is. If you remove all the wild plants from the fields, then you only have the crops that flowers, and that's only a very short period in the year. The rest of the year, there's nothing to forage on. We find glyphosate everywhere in, the sur uh, in surface waters. It is indeed toxic to all kinds of aquatic organisms. So of special concern are amphibians like frogs and salamanders, quote, closed. This is a guy that teaches science and ethics at a university. He's not just like a Joe Schmo that has an opinion. So what's the solution? There is this label called Detox Project. If you're buying honey and it says Detox Project Glyphosate Residue-Free residue Certification, if it has been certified by Detox Project and has that label, then you're clear of glyphosate. That means it's been tested. 
It means the product has no glyphosate residues down to government recognized limits of 0.01 parts per million and lower levels than the default government maximum residue limits in the European Union and Japan. I have considered having my own honey, but I don't know. For one, I don't have 28 square kilometers around to put that in. I know that we don't use um, chemicals on our land, but I've seen them spraying the two sides of the road. Uh, we have, we see dead bees everywhere, quite a bit. And, you know, they talk about EMF, they talk about so many different reasons, but we all can agree that our bees are dying. I really wish I had a solution for us. I think the best thing we can do is to know that the agencies that are out there to watch out for us are not true to their words and the best foods are the ones we grow. We need to come up with ways that are practical for us. We limit our meat and when I say meat I mean every meat. That means beef, chicken, and fish. We need to limit those not eliminate, but limit those and grow as much of our vegetables as we can. I'm going to interview a guy whose information I came across and I have looked into, and he has come up with ways to save quite a bit of water and have amazing amounts of vegetables and fruit, I think, that we can have. We need to really wise up on the use of our space, what we plant. The whole history on having lawns is in the old days, you had to be rich to have a nice lawn because it, it has no practicality. It just looks pretty and it takes a lot of water. So it became a status thing to have lawn. Now we all have lawn, and in order for us to convert it, we have to get approval from HOA. So why not? Let's all put our hands together and really make a change. Let's all demand a conversion of our lawns into land that we can get crops out of and start growing our own food. We have no other choice. I mean, we're talking about parts per trillion exposure to this glyphosate causing um, issues with our health. We can't afford damaging our health. Without your health, you've got nothing. We keep talking about prevention, but we don't know what direction we need to go to. We keep talking about prevention, but we think prevention means not taking medicine. We have these technology that we use 
for early detection and somehow we mislabel it as prevention. Your mammography, your prostate um, checkup, your colonoscopy, they're not prevention, they're early detection. You're not doing anything about any of them to prevent them from happening. You're just making sure you're not finding out after it's taken over your whole body. That's not what prevention is. What are you preventing? A spread of it or preventing the whole disease? Seems like it's preventing the spread of it by detecting, looking for it. We're doing nothing to prevent it. To prevent it, we need to have clean food, clean fuel. We have to be active. We have to think right. We have to have balance in life. Life is not all work. Life is a balance between our private family life, our private personal life, and our work. That's what balances. I invite you to take the energy, the investment in time to learn how to create that. And don't be impressed by how much effort goes into it. Instead, take one step each and every day in the right direction. You'll be amazed at where you're going to be next year and the years to come. I hope you have been making the conclusion that you are in charge of your own life. You are the designer and you are the director of your own life. So design and direct it the way you wish to live it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Once again, I look forward to getting your suggestions, comments, and questions to my email, drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And until next week, stay safe and healthy. Take care.